Hey guys, what's up? It's Eric. He doesn't like you. I don't like you either. Hey guys, this is Joe. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message from a princess. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's beautiful. Star Wars, starring Mark Hamill. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Too little short for a stormtrooper. Harrison Ford. Boring conversation anyway. Whoa, we're gonna have company! I think we took a wrong turn. Carrie Fisher. Good luck. Alec Guinness. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. 20th Century Fox presents the most extraordinary motion picture of all time. Star Wars. Here's where the fun begins. No legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as this romance of the future. Here they come. May the force be with you in Star Wars. You're listening to Worth the Lead Feed, the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch a movie that they may have recommended at one time to see if they think they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not too bad, Eric. How are you? I'm good. I stumbled through that. I, I go back and forth. Sometimes I try to read the the opening line off the paper, but sometimes I'm like, that's harder than just saying it. But that time, I, I don't know. Honestly, but, sometimes it's like almost like anything else, like public speaking. If you like have a script, it, it's a lot harder to follow sometimes. Like I just have like bullet points. Like when yeah. I talk about things, I just kind of freely just go at it. And if I screw up, that's what editing comes in. <laughs> yeah, I usually do pretty good with, speaking i do it for work a decent amount but i don't know that sentence is long and as if you listen to the show you probably hear like some weeks i nail it and then some weeks i'm like <laughs> oh you know i did i did what i could you get the point <laughs> we worked at a video store you know we recommended these movies maybe is it still good that's that's all you really need to know <laughs> right but other than that how's it going not too bad i'm, I'm this is may 4th 2021 and this episode will be up on may 4th 2021 i'm sticking right, so to put- it yeah, he, he, you heard it here, folks. He so Joe, I have let the record show that I've tried to talk Joe out of this via text like five times. Not because I don't want to review the movie, but because he thought of it kind of late, and I was like, "I'm gonna shock the world." <laughs> get yeah, I was like, here. Joe, I don't, I don't really think we need to rush to. You know, other people have talked about this movie before. You may have heard it, heard of it, but um, so yeah, maybe Joe will get it up. So it's we live on the east coast it's 6 22 right now joe says he's gonna get this posted i have until 11 59 so i'm going i'm giving myself the right until the very end there i give myself that much flexibility but it will be up on star wars day i think i think you're gonna need it i think so too but yeah (laughs) we got this but other than the night that's gonna be ruled by coffee and staying up till 12 30 or one o'clock in the morning how's it going you you watch anything good on tv or so no i've actually been uh really kind of keeping this star wars related so i have so as you heard from the trailer here a few moments ago we are doing star wars obviously it's star wars day and i have been watching different star wars um like this one of some of the series um rebels and i went back to watch a few of the clone wars i watched new hope i went back into right after new hope which i watched for this i was like you know what? i'm gonna watch empire and then return because why not and i've been playing some games so for all the uh, old school gamers out there, I recently got the analog Super NT console. 
which is kind of like a uh, redone version of Super Nintendo with like HDMI ports, so it makes it a little more clear on your on an, on an, like current HD TV. And I was playing Super Star Wars the day. Game is still hard as balls, but man, is it good? Um, went back and played some Jedi Outcast. So this whole week has been really much catered to Star Wars entertainment for me. I've also been gaming. I've been playing MLB Twenty One the show, and I uh, on my franchise, I, I started a franchise where I turned off the computer has to take whatever trade I want. So my team is is stacked. I got Fernando Tatis, Ronald Acuna Jr. The only two Red Sox that I kept are JD and Xander. Oh, and Chris Sale. So yeah, I get it. That game and lifestyle, man. You know. <laughs> What an asshole, man. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> um, gamer life. But seriously, though, speak to get a, to get off the bro bro topics. <laughs> I lost my championship game in beer league <laughs> hockey on Sunday. Oh so, no! Yeah, it crushed me. Oh, I, no. And I also fell on my knee and banged up my knee. But other than that, I'm good. Um, finishing up. My wife and I have slowed down. We watched like probably two episodes of Shit's Creek a week because we don't want it to end you know what i mean yeah. we're like it's it's so good what season are you on you won the final season we're on the last season i think we only have like four episodes left or five episodes left maybe but the thing that is on tv i've talked about it every week since i started watching it have you watched mayor of Easttown yet i haven't but i actually it's funny you said because because of you, all this like hype you've been giving this show i actually did subscribe to at least like i have a trial month for my email so I subscribe to HBO, um, HBO Max. Max to check it out. So yeah, I'm telling you, it. it is so good. It's unbelievable. So the the third episode was on Sunday. My wife and I watched it last night, so Monday night because I have hockey on Sunday nights. But it's like every week it gets better. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and you're talking about Kate Winslet and it being awesome. I really she was the lead in the show, so that's oh, yeah. great. I I love Kate Winslet so. And she's such a like. Her character is so badass too. She's just like this, like she's she has her, she's got her own stuff going on in life. Like she has her challenges and stuff, but she's just such a like independent, like I don't know. She's kind of she's not very. It's funny because she's Kate Winslet, so she's like obviously beautiful, but her character is not very. Um, she's kind of like a a a dude in that she like doesn't really. She keeps everything inside a little bit and. And you know, it, it's it's just a really interesting character and a really good show. So you already heard what we're uh, watching today, and I posted this on Instagram, so you guys may have already seen it. But to go along with the movie that we're talking about, uh, Star Wars, I'm going to be drinking Galaxy Hero IPA from Revolution Brewing. I'm actually already drinking it, so it's delicious. Um, I think they're out of Chicago, but I I picked it up at the unofficial sponsor of the podcast, RMA in Amesbury, and um, the the guy that I talk to there all the time his name's Dan. I picked it up because I was like, I, that's that's a Star Wars theme. But he actually said he was like, without me telling him anything, he was like, oh, that's a really good beer. And that brewery, he was very high on that brewery in general. So if um if you have access to anything from Revolution Brewing in the Chicago area, I would say pick it up because I like what I'm drinking now. And Dan says that pretty much everything he's had from them is good. So that's a solid eight percent, right? Alcohol count. <laughs> Yeah, it's an 8% alcohol, and I forgot. So normally we record on Wednesdays. Today's Tuesday, but we're recording because of Star Wars Day. So I finished up work, and I was like, I don't, I don't, the thing is, I don't drink a lot. 
Um, I drink relatively often. I probably like four days a week, I'll have a beer. <clears throat> but my days of having like, you know, a lot of beer in one day or night or a lot of drinks in one day or night, um, those are long gone. So I had one beer after work and then I was like, oh no, I got to drink that Star Wars beer. I got to start drinking it. So I started drinking it and then I was like, it was kind of, Joe was a little bit late sending me the invite tonight. And I was like, that's probably kind of good because I'm, I'm like, I was feeling pretty good around, around like six o'clock. I was like, not drunk, but I was, I was feeling pretty good. So I've come down, I've calmed down, I've had, you know, I'm, life is good, but um, this is, it's kind of a special episode, but it's more Joe's idea to pick it. So why did you, why did you pick this one, Joe? Other than the obvious, like it's May the 4th. And I know that's part of it, but. And that's, yeah, that's so simple as Star Wars day. Plus it is Star Wars. This episode was a long time coming and it kind of ties into, you know, the fact that I grew up with this film, the gaming merchant, the, uh, the entertainment, the action figures. I have a giant Millennium Falcon toy. So I have Lego yep. Star Wars figures. So it's like, I grew up with Star Wars. Yep. And that kind of has into like my first memory here where I can't remember the first time I saw it, but it's one of those movies I grew up with. And I've seen hundreds of times between VHS laser discs, which I do have DVDs, the limited edition DVDs with the original versions included in absolute shitty condition. Uh, like the, uh, so I'm not sure if you if you're aware of this, Eric, but they did release these again with the um, sought after original releases. But the quality of those releases, including the DVDs, are just the quality is atrocious. Yeah. Um, to Blu-rays and most recently the 4K releases. So I've seen this quite a bit. And on top of all that, it's on TV quite often. And whenever it is, of course, I have to stop what I'm doing and watch Star Wars on TV. I will say, though, those VHS tapes side by side growing up, what a classic collection, huh? Those three tapes, like the box set, yep. like what yep. a cool, like you still see those being sold. Like, you know, if you go to a bull moose, whatever you'll see, you'll still see a Star Wars VHS that's being sold. Like it's such an iconic set of films. Well, and just the fact that like, so I was born in 85, you were 88, 89, 89. Okay. So the fact that we grew up with these movies kind of like says all that you need to know about about this is it came out so this came out eight years before i was born 12 years before you were born and it might as well have come out when we were like in you know in the prime of our childhood there was no you know it it, this these are the one of the most timeless trilogies of of all time maybe yeah definitely yeah my first memories i know this like blows your mind because you think i'm a bro and i honestly don't um think you understand how much of a star wars fan i was when i was younger but i loved the star wars franchise and, and scotty or adam my two best friends could vouch for me on that but i think what made me like the difference between you and i maybe that pretty much everything after return of the jedi i have no connection to i don't not because i'm like a purist or whatever i saw uh what is so i saw one two and three in the theaters but i was just like or at least one and two but i was just like this isn't this isn't my this isn't the same thing so that's where i kind of like cut ties with it but up until then i i i don't know why i got into star wars because i'm not a sci-fi guy and they're obviously great films but like knowing my taste i have no idea why i got into them but like you i had the collector's edition uh, tapes dvds a ton of like action figures and whatever it's still in the box it would probably be worth 
a lot of money if I could find them or whatever. I don't know what happened to them, but yeah, no, I was obsessed with it. And so of sci-fi movies, I think I feel pretty confident saying that these are my favorites. So, um, did you ever watch, uh, you say you mentioned you saw one, two and three. Did you ever watch, uh, three at all? I think I did. Yeah. Okay. I did. Yeah. I, I, and I saw, I saw one of the more recent ones with the house brothers who are huge star Wars fans. I saw that recently, but, um, yeah, no, I, I just like these, the, the a new whole vampire strikes back and return of the Jedi are star Wars to me and everything else. I kind of was just like, meh. I don't know. No, I'm sure some of them are great if you've seen them. I just haven't seen them. Most of them. Do you have any um, stats for how this one did? I think it did all right. Did pretty good. Star Wars came out on May 25th, 1977, with a limited release originally, had a budget of $11 million, make it $775.8 million in the box office. That's insane. Insane, right? <laughs> That's insane. $11 million. <laughs> Unreal. I had the hiccups again. So bear yeah, with Joe, me, everyone. Joe has a hiccup. I'm, drink, I'm drinking some of uh, Eric's 8% beer over there. So yeah. it was both written and directed by George Lucas, really making this his film. It's crazy how much, how it's crazy how this man pretty much made one of the most important films in history. Just like get wrapping that around your head, like this one man created this insane universe. Um, with that said, George writing and directing this film now, out of curiosity, because he wrote and directed this film alone. Which one is your favorite out of the original trilogy, four, five, can, and six? Can we answer that with? Uh, I don't know if we can answer that without. Um, I mean, my score is pretty much gonna be the same through all these films. Yeah, like, me they're too. They're all pretty much consistently amazing. I think. Uh, I think. Two is. I think. Oh, oh sorry. Five is my favorite. No, yeah, that's mine too. Empire's my favorite film. I think it goes five, four. Five, four, six for me yeah yeah empire is my fair as well yeah but i was curious yeah no do you have any other stats are you good nope that was it yeah it's pretty much so, pretty simple george lucas is amazing that, that's a fact and i agree with what you said like i wonder what part of me wonders what drugs he was on to create this like alternate universe and you know it, it's it's crazy but as far as how it was received and how it's how the movies are thought of um you probably, if you're listening to this podcast and based on what Joe just said, you know, they, they, they did pretty good and the thought of pretty highly, uh, 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, four stars from Roger Ebert. And I have a quote from his review and this isn't, I have to point out that this isn't from his review in the seven in 77. This is his review rewatching in the late nineties, like when they were re-released, but this is from Roger Ebert. And if I butcher some of this, pardon me. The film, the film philosophies that will live forever are the simplest seeming ones. They may have profound depths, but their surfaces are as clear to, to an audience as a beloved old story. The way I know this is because the stories have been, that seem immortal, The Odyssey, Don Quixote, David Copperfield, Huckleberry Finn, are all the same. A brave but flawed hero, a quest, colorful people, colorful people in places, sidekicks, the discovery of life's underlying truths. If I were asked to say with certainty what movies will still be widely known a century or two from now, I would list 2001 A Space Odyssey and The Wizard of Oz and Keaton and Chaplin and Astaire and Rogers and probably Casablanca and Star Wars for sure. So I think that's about a high, uh, about as high, the highest praise you can give uh, to, a, to a film. 
Oh yeah, and like and like you said too, this movie like I could have we could really like spend a whole god a whole series of episodes talking about Star Wars and the impact it had on both culture and philosophies and all that. Um, but the simple fact that like talking about like more like in simplicity terms is this movie follows the hero's journey so well with Luke's character. And the hero's journey is something that we did a lot in school when it came to screenwriting and studying films. And this movie is the perfect example of that formula, following it right, right to the T, basically. Well, have to remind, remind me to when I the when when we had to pick something that we like would change if possible in this film. Obviously, it's really hard with this one, and we'll get to that later. But I want to circle back on on what you just said and your opinion of what I say for what I would change. But um, you said already this movie came out, <clears throat> excuse me, in May of 1977. So some other stuff that was going on in the world at that time. In film, uh, Smoking the Bandit was the other big one that month. Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, uh, Jackie Gleason, classic. Outside of film, Ted Turner, owner of the Atlanta Braves uh, and also owner of like TBS and TNT and whatever. Uh, he managed the Braves for one game because he was just a rich, you know, whatever, and he can do what he wants. Uh, Howard Stern started broadcasting at WRNW in New York. And then Montreal beat my Boston Bruins to win the cup. So congratulations, Montreal. Oh, Stern's been in the air for that long. I didn't know that. Well, this is this is when he started broadcasting somewhere. It's not right. Like, but the fact that like he's been you know, like you know uh, a voice for that long, I didn't realize that. But like he's been like an actual voice, like whether well, it's on like a local radio, or whatever. Yeah. Since the seventies, yeah. that's insane. He's probably the biggest radio personality of all time, I think. But so, um, do you have the back of the DVD summary? The Imperial Forces under orders from Darth Vader, hold Princess Leia hostage in their efforts to quell the rebellion against the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon, work together with the companionable droid duo R2-D2 and C-3PO to rescue the beautiful princess, help the Rebel Alliance, and restore freedom and justice to the galaxy. Pretty good. One of the better ones we've, we've had as far as DVD summaries. It's, it's a lot to fit into a into a two paragraph or, you know, whatever. Really but, is. Uh, one thing I thought rewatching this, because this, as much as I grew up watching this, <clears throat> watching these films, I haven't watched A New Hope in, I don't remember the last time I watched this. So it was, it was cool to, to go back and, and rewatch it and pick out some things that you didn't, that didn't stand out to you when you were younger and whatever. And, and one thing that um, I thought was pretty cool and I would listen to, if anyone has any like interviews of Lucas or, or someone else involved in the film um, talking about this, I would totally be down to listen to it. It's just how you can take away kind of like what Ebert said, you can take away like the Wookiee character and all the funny looking aliens and you could make this movie. You could see how this movie could be a, like a crime movie set in New York city today. And obviously there'd be some tweaks and it wouldn't be, the Millennium Falcon, it would be a car, it wouldn't be whatever, but I, just how it translates to, despite all the, the crazy stuff and the, the crazy scenery, uh, how it translates to even today, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. So um, some of the cast members and, and everything going into the film. So Mark Hamill, <clears throat> this is his first one in 1977. So not a bad way to start. Um, obviously in the other Star Wars movies, um, especially Empire Strikes Back and, and Return of the Jedi, also in Corvette Summer in 78, Big Red One in 80. He did some voice work as well, including the Joker. Um, never really took off like you'd think someone would if this was their first film. 
maybe a case of always going to be Luke Skywalker, you think? Like, it's, it's kind of tough to... See, I think, like, he kind of accepted the fact that he's Luke Skywalker, but, like, I honestly see Mark Hamill as of late more as a joker now and like he's a joker in so many different features and animated series and like he really has like he is these two characters and he has their trademarks just like signature at this point like they're they are him like you said i think a lot of it has to do with he was just kind of he he was always gonna be luke skywalker which is not a bad thing no 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 you it could be a lot worse you could be yeah no that's a it's a good good um film to be associated with so Harrison Ford. We've done a few of his films on the podcast, so I'm not going to run through like his entire filmography. But just in case you were wondering what greatness looks or sounds like, um, Star Wars films, Indiana Jones films, Blade Runner, Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger, Witness, The Fugitive, Regarding Henry, and on and on and on. One of Hollywood's all-time greats for sure. And it's it's kind of cool to be, you know. Like you hear about like Brando and whatever, and but we missed that for the most part. So Harrison Ford really is one of the the true legends that we've gotten a chance to see at least some of his uh, some of the prime of his career. So and he's a really cool story too. Like the fact that he's a carpenter late into his life and he decides to kind of flip that switch and try and become an actor, pretty like you know as an adult, and he makes it. He has that success. So it's like it's a really cool story. It's like for people who are aspiring who want to be an actor someday, and like you know. They can look at this and be like, you know, it is possible to start later in your career. And he's also interestingly boring. And I mean that in a, in like, as, as a, as a compliment, like if you hear, if you see him interviewed, he's just like, yeah, you know, I, I have my life. I have my wife. I'm happy. I, I, you know, you don't hear about him. He's not. And I, like I said, I mean that in the, in the best way he's, he's, it's, he's not like a lot of celebrities you hear about all the time and very rarely for their film or for their TV. He's, he's the total opposite so he really is um, he just has to stop flying airplanes take a little break from the airplane flying i know i know um so carrie fisher um the recently passed carrie fisher very sad but um quite the career star wars films uh blues brothers shampoo the burbs when harry met sally quite a few more also and i didn't know this she also uh wrote Sevy, uh, uh, several semi-autobiographical novels and helped with scripts. She did. So, she was a script doctor almost. Like she would come back and like kind of touch upon them and fix them up. She was like, she was very like kind of like one of the better sought after script doctors out there. So some of the movies that she she helped out with, Hook, Sister Act, and tell me if this is like a curveball, The Wedding Singer. Which, oh, like, I know she goes out The Wedding Singer. One of my one of my favorite films the wedding singer i and i don't care judge me all you want um yeah no and she was also an advocate for people struggling with uh, mental health and drug addiction which is you know she had her her struggles and i think that's awesome that she did her best to to help others <clears throat> despite what she was going through yeah and, and then uh, the last cast member i want to include is alec guinness <clears throat> and i wanted to include him because he was born in, in the in 1914 and he accomplished more in life than most people could ever dream of a lot of his work was on stage and or in in england so people like ourselves growing up in america we 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 don't give him the appreciation he deserves or most of us don't probably um but just a few things to mention lavender hill mob in 51 academy award nomination the original lady killers in 55 bridge on the river kwai he which he won the academy award for best actor lawrence of arabia in 62 
uh, Scrooge in 1970, and then also lots of onstage work uh, in Shakespeare roles. He also served in World War II, commanding a landing craft during the invasion of Sicily. He won, so he won an Academy Award, uh, a British American film BAFTA. I can't remember what the full, you, you know what I'm saying. Uh, Golden Globe, a Tony. He was knighted by Queen Elizabeth, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Uh, he also got an, an honorary Lifetime Achievement Award from the Academy. What have you done with your life, Joe? You loser. <laughs> Alec and it's just like, wow. You know, so yeah, I had to mention that. Um, as far as kind of trivia behind the scenes stuff, do you have any stuff, anything written down for the more you know? Yeah, I do. So I can start off with, uh, you kind of touched upon it here with a few moments ago. George Lucas was so sure this movie was going to flop that instead of attending the premiere, he went on vacation to Hawaii with his good friend, Steven Spielberg, where they came up with the idea for Indian Jones and the Rares of the Lost Ark. And they found out Star Wars became a huge success. So talk about a story. And it's really funny seeing, I was reading an article about this, um, where a lot of people, friends, even the studio had no faith in Star Wars. The only person who thought it was going to be this massive hit was Spielberg himself. So it's really cool seeing like that friendship just like, you know, beyond loyalty. Like they just, he, Steven Spielberg saw something that no one else saw at that time. And look at it now. It's like, yeah. and look what they've created together now. Yep. No, and, and I totally get not, I think I touched on this later on, but I can totally see being George Lucas and having no faith that this film would do well. Because, and I'll, like I said, I'll touch on it later, but Joe, what other facts do you have? I have the actors found George Lucas to be very uncommunicative towards them with his only directions generally being either faster or more intense. At one point, when he temporarily lost his voice, the crew provided him with a board with just those two phrases written on it. It's a little fun fact to see just kind of like how cool the set was and like, yep. you know, it wasn't too strict. According to Harrison Ford, during the making of the movie, he and Mark Hamill would usually fool around and not commit to their work whenever Sir Alec Guinness was not on set. When Guinness was on set, they behaved much more professionally. <laughs> so I saw that one too. I, I love that one because that reminds me of um, like in professional sports, you hear like you'll have these like young superstar athletes, you know, pick your sport. Like for me, I watch hockey and baseball a lot. So let's say hockey. Um, I was actually just listening to an interview recently of David Posternak, who's a, a winger on the Bruins, and he plays on a line with Patrice Bergeron, who's one of the most respected guys in the league, like not just on the team, because he plays the game in the right way. No one has a bad thing to say about him. And and Posternak was talking about how, how him and Brad Marchand sometimes will be on the bench and they'll just be like, they'll get to bickering or they'll get to just like talking. And all Bergeron will have to do is like look at them and they're like, okay, okay, okay. You know what I mean? That that sort of like leadership, that veteran, he's been there. We, you know, you yeah. got to listen to him. I love this. I love stuff like that. I do too. And then for the last fact I have, I know about this actually. This was kind of cool. The scene of Darth Vader's TIE fire spinning out of control was at a light in the movie at the insistence of George Lucas. Other members of the movie crew were opposed to including the shop, fearing that um, it set up a sequel, which at the time, sequels were generally regarded as inferior cash in movies. But Lucas insisted upon its conclusion nonetheless and is set up for future installments, thankfully. That's a good one. I um one that I almost brought up when you were talking about the, the financials of the film is George Lucas accepted less money in exchange for a full merchandise for full merchandising rights. 
and he probably looked crazy at the time, but he's a bajillionaire now. Cause like you said, who, what young kid growing up, probably more so boys, but boys and girls too, didn't have quite a few Star Wars toys. And it's still, kids still are buying them. Yeah, so, I mean, they also now say a new lightsaber. It doesn't announce a new <laughs> lightsaber so you can buy pretty soon. So speaking of lightsabers, the lightsaber sound effect, this is one of the facts I have, is a combination of the hum of an idling 35 millimeter movie projector and the feedback generated by passing a stripped microphone cable by a television. So that's how they came up with the noise, which is pretty crazy because it's such a like iconic, yes. you know, if you hear that noise now, you know what it, you know what you it don't, is. You don't, say the, you don't say it's the projector, you say it's a lightsaber. Like- right, right. Um, then also... The line, may the force be with you, is ranked number eight on AFI's 100 Years, 100 Movie Quotes. Uh, Han Solo and Obi-Wan Kenobi are ranked 14 and 37, respectively, on the heroes section of the AFI's 100 Years, 100 Heroes and Villains. Who's 37? As you said, as, as Han Solo was 37? Uh, no, no. I think uh, Han Solo is 14, Kenobi okay. is 37. <clears throat> and that makes it a, the only, this is the only movie to have more than one character on the list. Um. And then the last one I have is this movie inspired James Cameron and Dave, Dave Campfield to be filmmakers. They both attribute Star Wars specifically to, to their career choice. So did you have anything down for stuff that wouldn't fly today if you made the uh, film today? Honestly, this movie was ahead of its time, I thought. And it still is kind of studying a way on how to properly treat you know, female characters in a film. Princess Leia was probably the strongest character out of the bunch. The best thing I, I we always talk about it, like as we did in school, but when they're breaking her out, she ends up taking charge halfway through the rescue sequence, which I just love that so much. So yeah. this was a heavy time, and it obviously has been changed. CGI, you know, with, um, with the exception of altering CGI, but the story or anything has been changed or altered when it's still airing on TV. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I didn't have anything. I I watched it trying to find something because you know before we we watch it we we know what questions are going to ask each other and stuff and looking over the list before watching it i was like i can't really think of anything off the top of my head that would jump out so the whole time i was re-watching it i was hoping to find something but no it's it's like you said ahead of its time more progressive than a lot of movies in the 90s let alone the 70s so um what did you have down for soundtrack other than this is ranked number one on afi's 100 years of film scores. I didn't know that. Okay. John I put, Williams. what is there to say about the soundtrack that hasn't already said? It might be the most famous score of all time, honed by legendary John Williams. We could dedicate a whole episode to the tracks here, but instead, I'm going to put Eric on the spot here. I'm sorry, Eric. What is your favorite track or song? I'm not sure if you know the songs by name or not, but what's your favorite song from this movie? I don't know or from, from the universe. This... I'm sorry. I'll say from I'll say from this movie from the, or, so this, or from the Star the Wars trilogy. I'll say from the original trilogy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, make it so for you. then I love the Imperial Mars, the, the Darth Vader one, but that's not in this right this one. So they, yeah, I love I love that. That's probably my favorite. What about okay. you? I I was trying to narrow down what my favorite is. I end up choosing Leia's theme and Binary Sunset, both beautiful score, both beautiful tracks, and whatever they play, it really brings out some emotions. So I'm like. <laughs> Obviously, the whole soundtrack is amazing, but those two specifically, I just love. Um, but man, what a soundtrack! Huh? What a score! Yeah, no, it's I'm... it's been released in countless, you know, CDs and original um, songs that are in the original films, and then 
they released them again with newer tracks added and we've yep. have we have vinyl we have it's out oh, it's incredible yep no it's like i said it's number one of all time probably so um i skipped over but what, what did you have down for your favorite scene so it's it's hard to choose a scene i'll say one that i do look forward to is when both um Han and Luke are in the Millennium Falcon taking out TIE fires together. One of the first times we see everyone jumping in joy. That's a good one. After it, after they, you know, survive this attack and they're all kind of, you know, cheering each other on. Um, and of course, blowing the Death Star. The whole scene is great from slowly losing hope as we see these pilots being shot down left and right as they're about to fire missile and this weapon's amazing design flaw. But then Luke, with the balls on him now, he uses the force when shooting off his missile. And when this is all happening, Han Solo comes back in dramatic fashion with a couple of my favorite lines in these films back to back. So between those two scenes, ones I look forward to for sure, but this whole film in general just goes by. It's such an easy watch. Yeah, I um, I agree that it's hard to pick uh, one scene. So my favorite scene is kind of like a series of scenes, but I love the introduction to Han Solo's character. So starting in the cantina, so him and Obi-Wan, they work out the deal to, you know, for the transport and everything like that. The one thing I don't like is how he pronounces, he says Millennium Falcon. And I'm like, I don't know why this time of, you know, I've seen this movie quite a few times for the first time. I was like, why is he saying it like that? But then the scene where he snipes uh, Greedo and then the getaway in the, in the Millennium Falcon. Um, it was just, I think it's because like, I'm so used to Harrison Ford being like kind of a, not a goody two shoes, but like a clean cut, you know, clean cut, like, I don't know. And in, in this movie, he's like a badass. Like he's a, he's a hero, but he's a, he's a, he's got some dirt on him. So yeah, he's very, he's very <laughs> rough on the edges when it comes to like his shady behind the scenes stuff. And he's got smugglings and yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. So yeah, I, that was probably that whole rewatching. And I was like, you know, obviously into the film, I, I know what's going to happen. I've seen it quite a few times, but that was that was the that series of events i think it's like five minutes and that was where i think i went from like all right i'm re-watching this to like all right i'm on my i'm, I'm paying attention now like i'm, I'm 100 invested because you know when you've seen it quite a few times <clears throat> some of the scenes at the beginning of the film you're like all right i get it but that was what really grabbed me so now the the hardest question of the episode if you could change one thing about this what would you change oh i'm gonna get pretty short then because I said, don't change anything, which unfortunately would have fared George much better in the past because George did make lots of edits to his films, which ended up becoming inferior cuts, in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions too, when they added CGI and the whole famous Han shoots first sequence. But originally, I think this movie flows really well. Characters are introduced really, really great. You learn them all pretty fast. Um, so if I could, if I could have any wish, I would say, to not change anything, keep them the way they were originally intended to be seen. Understood, but that's not the question. So, <laughs> no, no, I, I know what you're saying. This is one of the movies where it's, I'm almost like scared to criticize it or nitpick it or whatever. So you have to be very, very picky to find anything. So I, but, so I have a, I have a little nitpicky thing and then I have one where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go big. So I don't know if this is what Lucas wanted or if it's um, if it's just in the portrayal um, by Mark Hamill, but um, Skywalker, I think. <clears throat> so he went 
he was a little too useless for me in the first half of the film. Like I get that part of it's going to be the, his progression to, to being a badass, but I wish they made him a little bit more like not as soft, but just kind of not as um, like cagey or something, or they, they made him like super wide, like super kind of street smart, but just physically not able. He, but again, that's being super, I wish they just gave him a little bit. He started a little bit further ahead. I know I he's think, supposed to be. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I mean, I cut you off. Oh no, it's okay. I, I know he's supposed to be learning as he goes and developing an edge and everything like that. But he was so soft that it was almost unbelievable for him to turn into such a badass so quickly. But again, that's me being very, very nitpicky. I was gonna say, I think that's a lot of that is because it follows the the formula of the hero's journey. So like, and that is like a standard approach to creating characters. You know, they start off small, then they, you know, overcome this challenge and they rise up. And so I think a lot of that has to do with George following that template, I guess. I agree. I just, I think that he could have started him. Like, let's say at the end of the film, he's a 10, he's a certified badass on a scale of one to 10. I think they could have started him as like a four who wasn't badass but like he, you could see that he had some, he had a backbone to him. He just didn't really know which way to go. And then I feel like they started him at like a one, or like they started him pretty soft and and not that smart, not that street smart either. But but again, it, Star Wars fans don't don't message us. I I'm just I had to look for something that I didn't love basically. So um, all that said. I think we're all set right joe we're to that point of the show where we're i think so yeah, this is, all right yep so if you've listened to the show before you know we rate uh, movies on a scale of one to five would you mind paying a leafy to keep this movie so a score of one is you turn it on you get a couple minutes into it you can't even get through the scrolling uh script at the beginning of the movie you're like this is stupid it's too slow i'm going to return it so i don't have to pay a late fee a score of five is I'm going to keep it a few days, pay the late fees so my friends can watch it. I can watch it a million times. Maybe even just buy it from the video store and then buy the collector's VHS and then buy the collector's DVD a couple of years later and then laser discs, like Joe said. So uh, low low scores one, <clears throat> high scores five. Uh, it's, this isn't officially Joe's pick, but it's kind of Joe's pick, so I'm going to go first. Um, I don't think this is going to surprise anyone, so I gave this one a five out of five. I can totally understand lucas thinking this is going to bomb because this movie is so weird and it's so complicated and the fact that it works is amazing the fact that it was so commercially successful seems impossible i have no idea how this works but it does and if you it it's like i said like this is what i was thinking earlier when you were talking about it i I, you could if you sh- if I had, if you could brainwash me and, and wipe this clean from my memory and tell me that I was gonna like a movie with like a giant dog character, robots, and a princess and all this stuff, I'd be like, that sounds like the stupidest movie I've ever heard. So I don't know why this movie works, but it it works and it's not even up for debate in my in my mind. So I almost, wore, you, Joe. I almost wore my Chewbacca onesie for this episode. I was just going to like jump on the camera with my Chewbacca onesie. That would have been but, hilarious. But I, I didn't if want only just... people could see it. We would exactly. Have to and, that's like, and I was like going to like, if I did that, I was going to take like a screenshot, but I ended up just backing down. But I do have a Chewbacca onesie, everyone, just, just so you want to know. So Star Wars is one of the most important films ever made. 
It stood the test of time and is still spawning a massive universe of entertainment and memorabilia to this day. Hell, another new series was just announced. The movie features one of the most famous cast of characters ever in film, with one of the most famous music scores ever written. This film is the reason why people are directors or writers now and continues to be an inspiration to so many people. Obviously, just like Eric said, this movie is an important piece of film history. And beyond that, it's just super entertaining. So I also gave it a five out of five. All right. We're in agreement. I don't think that's going to surprise anyone. Um, yeah, no, I, I I think of all, if you, I mean, I, I it's kind of weird to even categorize this as a sci-fi movie, even though, it, I mean, it is a sci-fi movie, but it's so classic that it's, it, it's like categorizing The Godfather as a mob movie. It's like, technically it is, but it's, there's so much um, more depth to it. Right. So, depth to it. so yeah, it was, it was fun to, to rewatch this one for the first time in a long time. I look forward to Joe publishing this on, on May 14th. Hey, or hey, nope. I have uh, a few more hours left. So they're ready world. <laughs> in, in closing, the beer was delicious. Again, it's galaxy hero uh, IPA from revolution brewing. Pick it up if you can um, follow us on Instagram. We're at the late fee. Suggestions are always welcome. Um, we have a listener request for the next episode from my friend, Brian. Uh, but if you have a suggestion, feel free to send it through. Uh, we'll, we'll jump ahead of the, uh, the next pick if, if you, if you send it through. So Brian's request though, uh, the night, I think it's 1990, 1990 classic ish Tom Cruise. He's driving in a car. And he's taking a left, taking a left, taking a left, taking a left, taking a left. We're going to be rewatching and talking about Days of Thunder, which is kind of interesting because I've seen this movie multiple times. I know I have. But if you asked me to tell you anything about the plot other than it's Tom Cruise and there's racing and Nicole Kidman's in it, I got nothing. So I know I've seen it, but I, I don't remember anything about it. See your brother and I because I haven't seen this movie. I know what it is. I know it has this, it has this <laughs> following. But like you said, I was never a really big fan of NASCAR. I know this is, I know this is a focus on the film is NASCAR and racing. So because we just that, lost all our southern listeners, <laughs> they all go. But so this will be it'll be fun kind of seeing this film finally, and hopefully it holds up in uh 2021 for me here as a first time viewer. Yeah, if you if you liked to sit down with your cousin slash girlfriend and watch the Daytona 500, this is the film for you. People like Joe and I up in the Northeast, we don't understand the appeal of the Daytona 500, or I don't even know if this is, I don't even know what the Daytona 500 is, as far as like, which, <laughs> if this, <laughs> if this is even the same type of racing, I don't even know. But I really am excited to rewatch this because I- I am too. Yeah, um, I, like I said, I've, I know I've seen it like five times probably, and I can't think of when I, when I told you that that's what Brian requested, I was like, if Joe asks what it's about, I'm going to just be like, it's Tom Cruise racing. I, that's, that's all I got. I ended up, but I've seen it. So Brian awesome. will, yeah, we'll be back next week with days of thunder. Thank you guys very much for listening and may the fourth be with you. Yes, everyone, as always, thank you. And may the fourth be with you or may the 12th. <laughs>